I don't think bigger than that would bigger than that it starts getting hard to put in a pocket. You just wanted the the biggest possible size to uh, fit in your pocket and your hands. Well, you've got way bigger hands than me, so I have large hands. Yeah. I mean, I have hands commensurate with my size. <laughs> you just must have baby hands. I'm meant to be a lanky person. Because you're like six foot tall, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm six foot one. Yeah, then why do you have baby hands? Because I'm, 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 I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm not engaging with this. Jackson, why you got them baby hands? <laughs> They're not that baby hands. I don't know. It's fine. I'm kidding. I, I, I can't picture your hands. I'm sure they're fine. I don't know what Matt means by baby hands. I just think it's funny to say baby hands. Because I picture chubby little baby hands. <laughs> little dimpled baby hands looking all cute. I was about to take a photo of my hands holding the phone. And then I picked up the phone to take the photo and went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Them baby hands. You got baby hands. Fat little chubby baby hands. Don't have baby hands. No, you don't. I'm you sure don't they're just hands. great. Have the normal hands. I don't. Hands. I don't know where Matt's getting this baby hand nonsense. Welcome to Abnormal Mapping. I'm your host, Am, and with me is Regulars Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hi. And this is episode 43, because Jackson's eating all of the even numbers. I was about to say, no, it's 41, but we recorded that last week. Yeah, I guess be a little behind the sausage, right? <laughs> <laughs> a little behind the, the sausage. Behind the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that couldn't have gone any better. I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, we recorded January's episode about uh, expand and uh, yes, expand, expand and uh, character creators yep. last week. Uh, and now you're listening to this a month later, and it's still January 24th over here because we play games too quickly. That's true. We do. We won't do that uh, for the next one. So. I I will. You will, but someone has to play a long Digimon game first. Well, yeah. So how's everybody doing? What you been up to, Jackson? What have you done in the week since we did this? <laughs> what have I done in the week? Uh, not nothing really. What games? What? So predict what games you will have played by the time this podcast comes out. Okay, so that? by the time this podcast comes out, end of February. Okay, so I will have finished Tales from the Borderlands. I will have uh, played Digimon Story Cyberstoof. I will have begun Final Fantasy IV. Mm, mm-hmm. That's where it gets tricky. I think I'll have played Walking Dead season two because okay. right. I'm likely to go straight into that from Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, and uh, ah, so disappointing. So just grumpy about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> predicting my takes. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's probably it. I don't know. I'd like to finish season three of the Clone Wars, but that's okay. not a video game. No. No. Destiny, what have you been playing? Um. I uh, started replaying Link's Awakening, 
and I got at that uh, Black Desert Online character creator. Okay. Uh, I will have probably finished. No, probably not. Uh, Fallout New Vegas. I will probably be done with Final Fantasy IV. I will have played Firewatch. That'll be over. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I'll, hey, Firewatch. I will probably be picking at the Witness now and then. And maybe I will have played Yakuza 4. Oh, no! Okay. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't play Digimon. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to do the Yakuza... Because I want to be able to get do that together, but I want to play Yakuza 1 and 2 Our first. Our schedules never line up, Jackson. We're not, it's not going to happen. I know, but you will Skype me and say, Oh, this thing happened in Yakuza! And I'll be very annoyed. I, I won't, really I won't tell you a that. thing about Yakuza. All right. All right. I don't believe you, but we'll see. All right. So that's what we've been playing <laughs> in the future, maybe. Look, Perhaps. what do you want? What do you want from me? It's been a week. You didn't play anything. I finished The Witcher 2. What? I didn't play anything. <laughs> I've started Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, but you're I... not done with it. Oh, I oh. thought Matt was talking to the listener. No. <laughs> no. The listener's probably not played anything either. Don't accost the listener. What are no. listeners play? Destiny? Were they playing Destiny? They probably are playing Destiny. Typical <laughs> listener. Typical listener. Yeah. With your uh, Neko Atsumes and Destinies. <laughs> you know, what? hey, listener, what are you playing? Write in. Questions at abnormalmapping.com. Or Please podcast? Do. Podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Right. I guess that's it. I don't know. Jackson, do you have something else for this? You said you were going to host, and then I didn't let you. Uh, yeah, uh, I got nothing. I mean, I can talk about Tales from the Borderlands, but I'm not done with it yet. Okay. Um, Who do you we... think the Borderlands are? Uh, well, I don't know if you know this, but I'm <laughs> fairly sure that we the true are all Borderlands. The Borderlands. No, no, no. The true Borderlands are the friends you made along the way. That's fair. Which <laughs> I, is actually the theme of that game, so... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um feel confident in that mm-hmm. uh, i recommend everyone play tales from the borderlands if you haven't e- every website slept on it last year but apparently everyone's playing it in the new year yep i played it in 2015 so Ooh, head of the you. curve head of that curve i'm a trendsetter that's you and a go-getter both you of those it. things yeah <laughs> So for a second segment, uh, kind of wanted to do a look back at our Animal Crossing towns. This is mostly for me and Destiny as a thing to do before me and Jackson go nuts in segment three. Uh, <laughs> but Destiny, you've been kind of picking at New Leaf still because you have family members playing it, right? That's right. Uh, my little cousin got the game for Christmas. And How old is your cousin? She's 10. Okay. She uh, has, she watched me play a little uh, of New Leaf last year, and you know she 
keeps track of commercials and things and she's had a 3ds for some time now and she finally got the game and so i've been you know giving her money and letting her come to my town to get her hair done and stuff little things like that does she i assume she likes it but i feel like that game had if i was 10 i would think that game has too much reading in it uh yeah she complains about it a lot okay <laughs> she's like there's a lot of reading and i'm like well games are reading video games are reading <laughs> that's what i say because I'd like to think that I was always the person who liked a talky video game, because I certainly do now. But it was actually not until my, like, early teens when that happened. Um, I always liked reading. Like, I don't, or excuse me, I liked reading since I was probably, like, what, seven or eight? And so I never had a problem with reading in video games. I liked reading books, but, like, I didn't get into talky video games until late. And uh, Super Nintendo RPGs. Uh, I guess I didn't play any RPGs until I was a little older, but like, mm. I played a lot of Zelda games. Yep. So I guess that's my the 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 amount of text in Zelda versus Animal Crossing, right? Like a, a, a chick track versus like Dostoevsky. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like I, I want to say, oh, you know, the games I played back then didn't have a lot of reading. But when you think about it, it's like, no, they totally did. Mm. Like, yeah, no, she she enjoys it. So I we both played New Leaf together when it came out. Jackson, did you play any New Leaf? Uh, I played about three days. Okay. Oh, really? I mean, uh, three days in a row, not three days of time. Oh. Mm. Uh, so I didn't get very far. I played. Some- I played okay. about three weeks in real time. <laughs> oh, I played because so I much. don't know how many hours or how many hours in a week. I have 144. Is that real? That's not true. No. Okay. <laughs> 24 times seven, 168. Yeah. Uh, Good job. Okay, so I played about two weeks of Animal Crossing straight through because I was at like a little under 300 hours. Nice. I don't remember my hours, but it was a lot. It was too many. Yeah. But uh, we both played it, and I had a hard limit of after a year, I'm not going to play this game anymore. But uh, you've been going back. What? What's? How's it? How is it to go back after being away for so long? You know, I thought it would be really stressful <laughs> because I thought everybody would be giving me crap, and I thought all my favorites would have moved away. But you know, not not much has changed. Like, at all. My neighbors are still there. Uh, I was in the middle of redoing my train station, so that's never going to get done. Uh, What else? So there's a gyroid sitting there. There were a few little goals that I hadn't completed. What about uh, weeds and roaches? Did you have to deal with that? No roaches. The occasional weed here or there. I think I left my town on the beautiful town ordinance. Oh, okay. That would fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So there weren't a whole lot of weeds to even deal with. So that was really nice. And then everybody would just kind of talk, like make little passive aggressive remarks about how they forgot my name and stuff. But other than that, like all was well. Nobody's been horrible to me. So it's been worth it. Yeah, it really has. And especially like playing with my cousin because she's having such a good time with it and being adorable. And it's it's so fun to play with her because one, she hates Tom Nook, like with the passion of a million sons. She refuses to speak to Lyle. <laughs> um, she is really into letter writing and like she's holding grudges. Like she plays it like, you know, how a kid would play it. So she like literally holds grudges against certain villagers 
Like, Sky was being weird. Sky is a wolf that lives in her town. Sky was being weird to me when I was gone for two days and came back. So I don't know if I want her to live here anymore. I'm not talking to her anymore. <laughs> Just like hilariously, like, uh, dramatic, uh, social interactions. But mm. yeah, no, I, uh, I missed my town. I missed running around that ridiculous place. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful place. So I, remember getting Animal Crossing for the GameCube when it first came out because at that point I was buying anything that came on the GameCube because there was about like three games a year when that came out. Uh, <laughs> and I loved Animal Crossing like from the start. Even the that version which is like when you look at it it's like really weird looking now um, and just has like a fraction of the stuff that's in future editions of that game. But uh, I always love the town management stuff. I like that New Leaf really hypes that up. But I kind of want to talk about our history of towns because this was not your first Animal Crossing game, right? No, I played a little bit of Wild World. Yep. So uh, I figured we'd speak to our uh, town's histories. Uh, I started with Windhill the first, I guess now in the GameCube Animal Crossing. Which is a game I, I I actually didn't set myself the one year goal, but I think I played for about fifteen months, something like that. A uh, lot of that game, uh, as I would slowly get friends into it and then be able to visit their towns, which is a ludicrous. In that game, you got to swap GameCube memory cards with someone to visit their town. That is bizarre. To like me. you you get onto the train and then it loads like a temporary save onto the memory card and then you transfer it to someone's game. And it, like, loads in you visiting them or whatever. It's, like, a really weird arcane process. Nintendo. Yeah. It was back in the day. Yeah. I mean, the GameCube had online, but you had to buy an adapter and very few games used it. So Nintendo. that was not a thing. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, then when Wild World came along, that introduced, like... I don't think... Could you do it over the internet? I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. But you could do it locally where you're just like, we're in the same room, let's go visit each other's towns. And yeah, then, that's that's how you did it. Was it a train in that game or was it like a bus or a cab or something? I, I want to say it was a... You like went into a cave? Ooh, I don't remember. Oh, isn't there... Wasn't there... Wasn't it the town gate with the cops in front of it? Yes. Yes. That's it. It was a gate. Mm-hmm. And that game I bought when it was new and played for a year. And then I think I just gave you my copy, didn't I? You did. Yes. And I uh, started a new game on that. Yeah, because my town in that was Gondolin, which is a Tolkien name, uh, unsurprisingly. <laughs> given where I, that's where I was in 2004, deep into the Tolkien. <laughs> Aw. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that game is very cool. And it, like that game is basically like the proto-New Leaf because everything is, it's that weird like sp- like top down but the world kind of wraps around you thing that's really cool uh i like that game a lot and then you made what town what town did you make destiny Ooh, uh it was called i don't remember i'm very sorry like it was um i remember kind of a beachside town i don't remember the name of it at all mm. our town flag was like since i didn't understand how to play it very well it was one of the, uh, like, default patterns. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, gosh. Yeah, it was, it was a different time. Different me. Different Animal it, Did you have a GameCube? Uh, no. Okay. Because Animal Crossing seems like a thing you would have been into before we got together and I dumped all the video games in your lap. Oh, yeah. No, it, I, I remember watching a friend play it and thinking, man, if this were a game that I had... 
It's all I would play. Yeah, because you like Harvest Moon. You like Harvest The Sims. Yes. Animal Crossing sits comfortably between those two. It literally does. Like, it is... You've got all your little management stuff. You've got all your, your weird townspeople that you interact with. There's a lot of chores and walking around and every day is something different. And yet, you know, you have your routine set at the same time. I love all that stuff. Like, it's uh, not as... It's a little more easygoing than Harvest Moon. Because Harvest Moon, it's like, if you don't get this done, these cows will die. And you won't make your money to live. Or this girl won't marry you. But, uh, you know, it's also kind of like... It's the easy go- most easygoing of those three games. Yeah. If you ask me. Well, yeah, and there's no dead cows in Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's really horrifying, actually. Yep. Don't kill cows. Don't kill cows, please. For the love of all that's holy. But yeah, then we hopped into New Leaf and you created Sparkle. Sparkle. That, that's my New Leaf town. It's a big, full population. My friends Kyle the wolf and Bob the cat live there. Why do you love Kyle and Bob so much? Well... They, one, Bob's personality is lazy, and he loves snacks, and I love snacks, so we have that in common. And Kyle, his his is more, he's like the cool, hip, you know, he really likes bands and music. He's in a band, like if you write him about his band, he'll respond to you about it. Um, he wears a leather jacket. He's just cool. He's a cool guy. Is he, though? Yeah, how can you not like him? I mean, he's living in a tiny town. He can't be that rock and roll, right? He's pretty rock. I mean, K.K. Slider is pretty rock and roll. K.K. Slider is not rock and roll at all. I think so. He's like a wandering folk musician. But, but, like, he does rock and roll. That's true. You can't deny that. But he also does everything else. That's true. He's you cannot allow DJ. your dislike of rock and roll to mean I'm, all... It's not even that. It's a, K.K. Slider is like the polymath of musicians. Like, he just does whatever. Mm-hmm. I like, mean, he does. He does K.K. Dirge as often as he does K.K. Rock. Like, what do you want? <laughs> but, you know, that doesn't mean that he's not, like, a hip guy. And Kyle, you know, he follows K.K. Slider. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But yeah, that those were my first neighbors on either side of me. And so they're the two people I try to keep living there at all times. I love them very much. And uh, whenever I have a birthday party, they're always there because we, we, we interact the most. I'll do the most favors for them. Even like dumb, repetitive stuff, I will do anything for those two. Because they've, they've done a lot for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I made Winhill the second. Uh when I got New Leaf, and uh, my two best buds were Cole the Rabbit, who I think is also a lazy type. Yep. Just likes to hang around and be chill. And uh, Flora the Flamenco, who, she's just just an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Flamenco Flamingo? Yeah, I mean, she just just is. She's like one of those ditzy characters. That's true. She's pretty ditzy. I I wasn't going to talk smack about her, but she totally is. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's nice. She's she's pleasant. She's very happy. It cheers me up when she's around. That's what you're looking for, right? Exactly. Like, I'm a a beleaguered mayor. I need to take care of everything or have Isabel do it for me. (laughs) Like, I'm in debt to Tom Nook to try to fix this town because no one else seems to have money because they're all layabouts. (laughs) 
I'm the only one making bells. She's pretty wonderful. I actually really like Flora. Yeah. And when she lived in my town. Well, you know, she could. She's so cute and pink. She is cute and pink. She is the pinkest of Animal Crossing characters. (laughs) Like, her house is even pink. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, the alpaca. What's her name? Oh, uh, Reese. No, Reese is the... No, you're totally right. Reese is Reese is the, the alpaca lady. that lives yes. in the recycling. Yeah, it's Cyrus who's the the one who's asleep. The blue that's one. her husband. Yeah, yeah. Because recycling. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you just got that, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> oh. Wow, that delights wow. me. I didn't know you didn't know. <laughs> This is our revelation <laughs> for this episode. Oh my god, I did not know. <laughs> That's all really cute. That Nintendo you names know. in all games are puns. Every single one. Yep. Like, I know that, but... And yet. Like, Tom Nook's not a pun. No, it's true. But, you know, sometimes they slip past you. You know, I didn't even think of it. I didn't even think of it. I noticed it right away, but that's because that's the kind of dork I am. But Phoenix the fact that it down. took you until now is the best. <laughs> this is the worst. I can't believe it. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm kicked out of this podcast. I'm no, tendering my resignation. You couldn't help it. You didn't notice. Like, it's not something you think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so I'm happy. so distraught. <laughs> I'm so happy. I could not be happier. Why? This is the best. I'm so glad that we got to witness this moment. That it was caught on tape. Oh. I didn't even think I had it in me to have one of these moments, to be perfectly but honest with you. The revelation's adorable. And it's here. It's now. All right. It's today. <laughs> so are you going to keep playing New Leaf, Destiny? Probably not, sadly. Oh. Like, I got Happy Home Designer. Yeah. And even that, like, I haven't been playing as much as I used to. And, like... I have goals in that I want to get like I want to get everybody's house done I want to scan some of these cards in uh, New Leaf I'm pretty much only playing when my cousin's around because she likes to go to the island and stuff and I have mm-hmm. to teach her little things here and there like get those bugs get money yep. get paid get all the beetles get your house paid off real fast yeah I feel like teaching a 10 year old how to grind an economy is maybe not something I'd feel okay about doing uh, you know she doesn't uh, think of it that way. So oh, I know. And honestly, like, yeah, she's, yeah, it's okay. She'll, she won't transfer that lesson anywhere unhealthy, I don't think. <laughs> I believe in her. She's going to become a day trader and it's going to be your fault. <laughs> no. she's That's not what her interests are. She's 10. She has room. <laughs> When I was 10, I had boring interests. I wanted to be a psychologist. (laughs) I think I wanted 10. At 10, I probably wanted to be an architect. What did you want to be when you were 10, Jackson? I also had some wanting to be an architect stuff. Uh, I actually don't remember. I probably just wanted to grow up. Probably don't want to go to school. I don't know. <laughs> but ten, I didn't want to go to school. There you go. So I wanted to be a cartoonist, like for newspapers. And then someone told me, like, cartoonists don't make money. You need like a real job. When and you I were ten, like, 
I don't know. I, I probably heard it somewhere. How about what? that? Dream crushers. Uh, and then I was like, I'll be an architect. They make lots of money and you get to draw houses. That sounds great. And then as I grew up, I became more math inclined and less drawing inclined. I was like, I'm going to be like an engineer. And then I went straight to like novelist. So I guess I hopped back on the not getting paid train real hard. Yeah, that's pretty cute. When I was 10, I was like, I could write books, I guess. And I was like, that's a bad idea. And then I was like, what if I actually did that? And so I, I, I didn't have that until I was like 13 or 14. Same here. Mm-hmm. No, I wanted to be a psychologist. And then I wanted to be... Um, I went through a phase where I really wanted to be a teacher. What's amazing is a lot of these I went back to in my 20s. <laughs> mm. I uh, And through a lot of it, I thought maybe I could be a magician. Oh. <laughs> That's adorable. The actual truth is, I don't like being around people enough to do patter. I would just be afraid. I'd be the worst <laughs> magician. But Aww. I like ma- I like magicians a lot. But you could so. then advertise yourself as the worst magician, and that would work. Yeah, but I don't want like a novelty sad act. <laughs> if I wanted that, I'd just be a clown. I was gonna say, I was just about to. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you just yell at me for insulting clowns the other day? Yeah, clowns are beautiful. Then why are you getting to insult clowns? No, I'm saying if I wanted an act that's about, like, the sadness of, like, someone who's, like, expressing something that they're bad at even though they love it, like, clowning is actually the way to do that really poignantly. Okay. Like, a, like, postmodern magic act is fine, I guess, but not exactly, like, the intentionality doesn't seem as on point as, like, I'm gonna be a clown that, like, expresses the depths of human emotion. Our one clown listener is, like, shedding a tear right now, and our one postmodern magician listener is yelling at the screen. Look, if you're a postmodern magician, link me to your act. I'd love (laughs) to see it. But if you're a clown, write me. I want to (laughs) talk. I want to know a clown. I would love to know a clown. I think that'd be the most amazing thing in the world. (laughs) It'd be pretty good. Clowns are so cool. I want to know some clowns. Like, I want to know your whole clown story. Please do write if you're a clown. Let's talk about your art. Like, I want to know. When I was in Brighton when I was a bit younger, I remember meeting a guy who was, like, doing weird gymnastic-type cool tricks on railings, hoping that a circus person would, like, walk along and spot him and go, You're hired. Aww. Your friend was a tumbler. (laughs) A tumbler? Yeah. Yeah. Like just doing them on the railings in front of the beach in Brighton. Like circus people come this way. This is my this is my spot. It's my that's time. Really, it's cute. my time. It was like you want to talk about the it. sadness of human existence expressed through something joyous. There you go. You did <laughs> yeah. it. Because this was in this was like two thousand and eight, and it's like oh no, this isn't nineteen hundred and one anymore. More like two thousand late. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh no, I think we're good. Are we good? Yeah, I hope I was in depth enough. I feel like I. Didn't no, I just wanted much. to talk about our towns a bit. I just, I, I love those. I love. How and I'm curious what going back is like because I can't bring myself to go back. We it's not that. that weird. Like I came back. Uh, the funny thing is, since it was right for Christmas, I came back just in time for my birthday party. Yeah, like I wrote that piece, and I mean everything I wrote in it. And like to me, it's really important that I don't go back. I feel like I'm betraying something in myself if I do. Okay, that makes sense to me. It's a like you're overthinking it, but I also understand it. I mean, like, overthinking is, like, what I do. That's true. Yeah. Same. So, Same. like, I will, I played it, I loved it, it's done, and then I'm going to skip the next one, and then after that I'll play another one, and I'll love it, and it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always skip an Animal Crossing. They're too much similar to play them right after the other. <laughs> we'll just go play Amiibo Festival some more. 
Oh, that game's great. Welcome to segment three, the Game Club segment here in February. As it's February, an appropriate game for Valentine's Day, uh, which is this year, Ninja Gaiden Black, the 2005 version of the 2004 Ninja Gaiden remake from Team Ninja and Tecmo. It's uh, directed by the famous ridiculous human being, Tomonobu Itagaki and is a character action game in which you play as Rihayabusa fighting guys a lot and it's really it's really hard it's the a hard game it's a hard game that's what it was famous for back in the day and i think it, it is a it is a hard cag it is <laughs> the hardest of cags that's not yeah. true is that true maybe it might be true it might be true it might actually be true <laughs> it's the hardest of well-regarded cags how about that 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 is true. It is a well. I mean, I I didn't play Devil May Cry three like original, which is regarded as a really hard game. Also, mm-hmm. I think Devil May Cry will have the hardest mode in a keg. I bet because the Devil May Cry has way more difficulty modifiers. This doesn't have oh one, sure, one hit but I mean, like people talked about the base Ninja Guy or Devil May Cry three is like an impossibly hard game. Hmm. I didn't realize that. Like, to the point where they had to increase, like, decrease the general difficulty when they released the special edition. Oh, right, yeah. Well, that happened in this, because, um... Yeah. So, a little history, I guess. I'll introduce why we're doing Ninja Gaiden Black. It is one of my favorite games, because I played it a lot as a child. I got it for the first time on release in 2004. I remember leaving school, and I was in my first school, so it was still, I was still, like, eight, to go buy the Ninja game. Jackson, this game is rated M for mature. <laughs> it is rated 16 plus in Europe. You weren't 16. I was most definitely not. And okay. I bought it <laughs> I bought it in CEX, uh, which is the trade-in game shop over here. Uh, but my, my grandma bought it for me. And my grandma, clearly not a video gamer. <laughs> so I just sent her in to buy the new Slicey Sword game. And the, the guy looks at her like, sure give it to this child which is second only to the time that uh, i was with my friend james mason um buying <laughs> that is actually his name that is his name <laughs> yeah because your friend is famous actor james mason <laughs> he was not a famous actor but he was called james mason i played a lot of um burnout with him when i was a child uh, we played so much Forza as well for some reason. I don't know, car games. Anyway, b- he, we bought uh, San Andreas together just in front of the uh, guy with his dad there. Like, I am buying this child this Get18 rated game. Give me the game. And the guy's so, like, so whatever. I, I object way less to a child getting a hold of Ninja Gaiden than I do a child getting hold of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, all the children had to get a hold of Grand Theft Auto. The, cho- the children Though, loved Grand Theft Auto. Like, I... 
this is not the time or place for my Grand Theft Auto feelings. No, so but let's... like the the children love the Grand Theft Auto. At least when I was a kid, uh, I was. I when did that first? When did Grand Theft Auto three come out? Uh, Two thousand one. Okay, I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I was about like the the kids playing Grand Theft Auto is like a thing lost on me. I was I under ten when when GTA Three Vice City and San Andreas came out, and I re- I felt scandalized by Grand Theft Auto as a teen. Well, I think that would have been true. I think that the reason the kids liked it wasn't it was just because you could run around and drive cars and jump over yeah. things. And that's actually never been the thing I liked in Grand Theft Auto. That is at what all. Grand Theft Auto was to me when I played at other other people's houses as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the car running around blowing up things game only when mm-hmm. i got older did you realize oh this is super fucked up uh but anyway that's a whole other discussion for a different time ninja gun and black i played a lot uh as a kid it was way too hard for me so i got rid of it and i bought ninja gun and black when i realized it had an easy mode added so i'll finally be able to complete it and then played the easy mode and then played it about seven times in the next year and continued playing it forever how many times have you played through the various incarnations of this video game okay so um uh, at least five times on the original xbox maybe mm-hmm. six, maybe six five or six i've played through on the 360 now three times i've played through sigma three times i played through normal sigma three times no twice i played through hard sigma once and i've started through very hard sigma Okay. Um, I've played a lot of Ninja Gaiden in my life. You are as much of an expert on Ninja Gaiden as I am linked to the past. No, I made bad choices. <laughs> I don't think it's like a bad, it's just, it's our age. Like, I don't think that's like bad or weird. Oh, sure. Uh, I even just... if I, even if like, spoiler for the next half hour, I don't like Ninja Gaiden much at all. <laughs> um, I don't think that's like a wrong choice. It's less that it's a wrong choice, but the weird thing for me is that I feel like Ninja Gaiden doesn't line with what I enjoy about video games today. And yeah, uh, when... which we're like Link to the Past is like 100% is still the kind of game yeah. I enjoy. So I am envious that I can't go back to being a child and play the games that I would grow up to enjoy then because I didn't. I don't have many RPG experiences as a kid. When I wish I had those because that's what I want. That's all I want in life now. Uh, I mean, I wish I didn't start with Final Fantasy VII 100%. So mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. I wish I'd played Chrono Trigger before the PlayStation version, because they made bad like Chrono Trigger, and said I don't. <laughs> yeah, you wish you could go back in time and pull the Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did pull the Chrono Trigger, Toys R Us was sold out of it, my mom got Earthbound instead. You know, you Which, know. Which, like, honestly, I feel a bit okay about that as a human being. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm I feel like that. the me that got Chrono Trigger instead of Earthbound as a kid probably turned out, like, cooler, but, like, way shittier. The, uh, I got, the, my first console after my SNES was an Xbox, and the, the games I got with it, because apparently I'm gonna buy, I'm the kid that buys an Xbox and goes, I want an Xbox, rather than a PlayStation 2. Let's, I, maybe we've asked this for the record on the podcast, but maybe not. Why, why an Xbox, Jackson? Uh, right, well, the reason was because everyone had a PlayStation 2, except my two friends, Harry and Joel. Who both had Xboxes, and I wanted. To Why know. did they have Xboxes? Ask me anything about Harry and Joel. Uh, well, why did Harry and Joel have Xboxes? Actually, Jackson? I do know the answer. Harry had an Xbox because his brother had a PlayStation Two. Uh, oh, okay. And I didn't play with his brother. His brother was younger than me, so when I went to Harry's house, I played on the Xbox. Uh, hmm. And Joel and be- Joel had an Xbox, and Ben, his brother, had a PlayStation Two. So both of those households, a PS Two was present. Hmm. Uh, and I decided I want an Xbox for cool people. And the two games I got were Halo and Tony Hawk's Underground. 
But your sister did not have a PS2. My sister did not play video games. Okay. Except The Sims. Okay. There's, there's probably a version of The Sims on the PS2. There is, and we played the version on Xbox. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Right, of course that would come to Xbox. That's the obvious choice. We bought The Sims' second game on Xbox, and were very upset when the PlayStation 2 disc was in the uh, case, and we couldn't play it. <laughs> Great. Yep. So we wanted to revisit Ninja Gaiden Black, uh, this time, and it's a weird tale of person who is uh, so close to the game and has played it so much that its flaws and its rhythms are just built into me, and they don't register so much. Versus some, I so I like character action games. Yes, like I like Devil May Cry. I like DMC Devil May Cry. I do too. I love Bayonetta. I do too. I even in, like kind of enjoyed most of God of War 1. I didn't go on to the sequels, I'd, but that first game's fine. I played about an hour and a half of God of War 1 and was bored out of my brain. Eventually you get to box-pushing puzzles in a weird platforming hell segment, and that stuff's cool. I'm ready for uh, that. Uh, the part where you hit square, square, triangle for like six hours is less cool. That was less cool. That was definitely less cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm a CAG fan. <laughs> You're a fan of the CAGs? <laughs> Yeah, I like a hot cag now and then. Would the term for cag fans be a cag hag? Oh, you're going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> you're gonna have to, no, don't bleep that out. Don't you dare. We already bleep out enough in this stupid podcast. <laughs> oh, of course. That's because we bleep it. No, I was about to say it, but no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess... Wh- what is the tale of you coming to Ninja Gaiden in the year 2016? So I, when I had a 360, I bought the Xbox original, you know, copy of Ninja Gaiden, uh, because it's well regarded by people I respect. Uh, this was even before Jackson. Uh, Jackson doesn't really factor into this, but, um. As a person, I do not respect. <laughs> no, I totally respect your opinion on stuff. I think, like, the games you liked as a child are, like, games that I cannot fathom because they're all super obtuse, but. Like, whatever. It, like, it makes sense. There are games that when you're a child, of course, you're fine dumping hours and hours into. Yeah. Um, it's the way that when we first tried Link to the Past, I bounced off it. It's a similar thing. Yeah. Though I think coming to it again, you're gonna be like, this game's so easy. Oh, and now that I've played through the other Zeldas, <laughs> yeah. coming from the other side, I'm going to be like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so I had tried to play it multiple times. I had gotten past the Nunchuck guy, like, once or twice, but not much further. <laughs> Normally because that mountain was so high to climb that by the end I was like, I'm done for now. And then never went back to it. And then like when I went back two years later, I'm like, I'm just going to start over. And then I get to Nunchuck Guy and be like, oh, right. Nunchuck Guy's um, real hard. And for me, finally sitting down and playing it is like really weird in that. Like I get the mechanics of the game. Like it's a game about like sword strikes that try to replicate like what sword play would actually be like in that like swords can be really lethal but like they're not flashy like it's like if you cut someone real good with a sword it, it's not like impressive it just happens right mm-hmm. and so so much about that game is like not getting cut with a sword while cutting others and the the rhythm of that is a lot of blocking and rolling and finding your spot to make your hit you never want to let go on the block button if you're mm-hmm. not pressing another button and like while i respect the hell out of that i want my i want bayonetta flash i want like escalating combos with bigger and bigger attacks until i explode with like a giant 
foot that falls from the sky and stomps my enemy. I mean, uh, Ninja Gaiden 2 has your back. Yeah, but you told me that game's terrible. It's not terrible, but it's not the same thing. It doesn't like that game 100% goes for spectacle in a way that this game does not. So, like, I don't. So the problem is I don't find the combat really engaging. And there's a system in there that you explained where like you charge up super attacks based on the orbs enemies leave on the ground, yes. right? But I never really got that to work in the way you described. Like, I I did it a couple times. I'm like, okay, I get, I see that, but. Like, it wasn't reliable because I wasn't good enough at it. And also, it didn't really seem fun in the way that I want these games to be. Well, that system's weird because it's entirely optional and not really made clear to you because when you start like, engaging yeah, we'll with skip that... over the part the game never describes oh, the system at all. Well, that's true because it doesn't do that for most systems. But that one is actually intentional in the way that some of the other stuff isn't because... Uh, once you start engaging with that system, you essentially start playing a completely different video game. Um, mm-hmm. because there's a video game where you play it and it's about engaging in sword combat with these enemies and you're rolling and you're dodging and everything but then there's the game where it's basically how many ultimate attacks can you do against every yeah, enemy which almost becomes like a uh like a samurai game where you like plant your feet and charge your weapon and do like your single attack that kills all the dudes right i, I would uh, I don't think you should go do much of this but if you want to understand what that looks like at a really high level just go watch one of the many uh they're probably called Karma Runs um, mm-hmm. on YouTube of Ninja Gaiden Black, and you'll see. But that's like what it that's looks like, like the that's like the Virgil playthroughs in uh, in DMC three, yeah, and four. They added him into four, right? Yes, I I have the PS four version. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I want to, I want to, because that sounds exactly like that system. Mm-hmm. Where like Virgil has Virgil's whole thing is he plants his feet and waits and then does massive attacks but doesn't move. Like it's a lot of like finding the perfect moment and making the one strike that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I want to be flipping around making a thousand strikes that look cool. Yeah, and there's some of that. The game is all about like movement. Mm-hmm. One, if you're not playing the game that's about standing still and... Well, that game's less about standing still than it is about uh, that's true. making the least amount of movements possible because uh, a tactic that you would be using in that version of the game is... So, you know one of the just like sticks or lamps or pieces of pots that just lets an essence out right yeah you would break that you would it would the essence would come out you would immediately do the roll jump away into the next combat area and you would be able to drag that essence from oh that's that's a lot that's a big ass and no well that's why that's not the game that is the game for score that is the version of the game you unlock once you are uh, at the level to understand it. Because the main game doesn't actually ask you to do an ultimate attack ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the main game is far more about moment to moment. You see an, a, an attack animation coming, you dodge out the way, and then you press X, Y and scoop the enemy up. Mm-hmm. And it's that rhythm over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, as someone who like didn't like that system, uh, the thing that I found is that I... like. I found a lot of like the moment to moment enemy encounters really annoying because there's a lot of like like harassment enemies like there's the drones and there's the guys who throw the exploding shurikens and like just enemies that are there to piss you off. Drones, I would say yes. The exploding shuriken enemies are legitimate enemies. They're more annoying, but the, if you can attack them with a sword, they're way more sure. Yeah, like then they're, they're nothing compared to ghostfish. The ghostfish are hilarious, only that you built them up and then I kind of just plowed through. I mean, if you didn't know ghostfish were coming, you would know. But you've been hearing about ghostfish for years. 
Yes, and you made them out to be much bigger villains than I found them in reality. Oh, they're the worst enemies in a video game. Uh, I think the drones are, like, more annoying and more disastrous to when you find them. That's true. Uh, you got to be like ready for drones. Trying to pull that switch when the drones are in there, in the water, is, like, maybe the dumbest thing. Oh, right, the water level. Right. Um, A level so bad, they entirely removed it from the PS3 remake. Entirely. So... So while that stuff was like not to my taste for reason we talk about, I actually like most of the boss battles in this game. Mm-hmm. Like Nunchuck Guy is a pain in the ass because I feel like the game does not prepare you for how hard the rest of it's going to be. Yeah, and so you have to kind of figure out how the game is played in the middle of a boss fight. Yeah, and because that's the, uh, that, the Nunchuck Guy is actually for me like is like I'm generally if I'm paying yeah. attention beat him without being hit. Which I want to say is like bad design, but like let's be real, like Devil May Cry does the exact same thing. Oh yeah, because so, I, I tried to play Devil May Cry the first game to have some context to understand. You don't yeah you don't know how that game works until you run into Lava Spider. Uh, yeah, I never got to Lava Spider. I got to the second boss and was like, oh, that's dude. The, no, the first boss is the Lava Spider. Oh, Isn't right. he fiery or whatever? Oh, yes, no, I beat him yeah. after like wasting some of my yellow things and was so annoyed about that yeah. mechanic. And once you figure out how the game works, it's really easy to not get hit fighting that guy. Mm-hmm. No, well, or if you do of. get hit, Devil Trigger like recovers your health so you don't take damage. Yeah, and then I was fighting the next boss. And I'm like, okay, I, I get physically his tells. I know that it is very possible to not dodge mm-hmm. him, but the work I would have to put in to understand the system is beyond the time that I have, mm-hmm. which is a similar thing to what happened This is here. exactly how I felt about Ninja Gaiden. The thing that actually ended up really bothering me about Ninja Gaiden is that it sits in this weird place where Devil May Cry had, was started as a Resident Evil sequel. Yes. And has a lot of the adventure game trappings where you're getting keys and exploring spaces and opening weird doors with, like, put the three emblems in the spots. And Ninja Gaiden has some of that, but it strips out a lot of the, like, flavor to me. Mm -hmm. Where, like, you're going through kind of, like, boring areas to, like, gather the key. Like, even when you're in an area where you have to gather keys, it's often in really boring areas. And... Often it's streamlined to the point where I found a key and then right ahead of me is the door. There's not a lot of like exploring a space to find mm-hmm. the keys. There are two. So there are two dungeons in the game. I would yes. Say. And one like I love one of those and one of them I wish I loved, but I feel like it's a little punitive. <laughs> well, one of them is the one that you like. You like the design. One of them you actually like. And one of them is this would be cool if it wasn't for this one awful thing where I could fall into lava all the time. Yeah, so the first dungeon, when you get into, what is it, like the caverns, is that what it's the, called? Well, the first dungeon is the aqueduct, the second dungeon is the cavern. Okay. The aqueduct is amazing, where it just becomes like a Zelda dungeon mm-hmm. with like Resident Evil trappings for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And it's really good. And you see what the design would look like if they had stuck with, like, if this game had come out a couple years earlier, that would have been way more yeah, prominent. Because it's it's straight up like something out of... Like, if you put a little more Ocarina of Time into Devil May Cry than Devil May Cry actually has, it would be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you come around to the second one, like, it's actually, like, a, it's, like, the most Zelda dungeon I've ever seen in a game like this. Mm-hmm. But there's the problem where when you fall into lava, you lose, like, half your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, there's lava everywhere. If they had got rid of the falling into lava mechanic, that dungeon would be great. Also, yeah. if they if it wasn't the red dudes who are the worst enemies in the game. But... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I found that really frustrating, even though, like, actually, I really like that dungeon, mm-hmm. um, like, in design-wise, uh, yeah, outside of the lava parts. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, uh, a because... lot of, there's a lot of things in this game which uh, would go on to be removed in Sigma, but I feel like they need to be there because without them, the game is flat. Like, See, it's, it's weird because, like, a game like this needs the punctuation of these quiet moments where you're just climbing around and finding shit. Mm-hmm. Because if it's just a combat game, like, the combat isn't 
varied or flashy enough to find the peaks and valleys in it. I mean, Does that make sense? Ninja Gaiden's combat, I feel, to, at least to me, because I've I, I spent enough time like understanding it, I don't know whether it would inherently be this, uh, but it totally stands up as this is a combat game. But what makes Black uh, good as a complete piece to me is those that 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 pacing and the structure yeah because like like if you took out all the puzzle elements you end up with something that's kind of like bayonetta 2 which also takes out all the puzzle elements but bayonetta is so much about it's like set piece monsters and the very like nature of the enemies you fight Mm -hmm. and ninja gaiden just doesn't have that kind of variance so um for as an example the fire part of the the caverns yes ninja gaiden black you aren't so you get the cog and then you can open the door and the door leads to a fire maze which then leads to a single worm battle which leads to a platforming challenge um, yeah and the fire maze is fine it's a little annoying but whatever the the uh, what is the fire maze i don't remember the it's not really maze. a maze it's just the bit where there's fire jets and you just don't walk into the fire jets oh okay yeah uh, and then the platforming puzzle is really annoying because you have to do a series of jumps with some really bad camera controls before the fire comes back up Yes. Uh, to and also this is to get to the save point, um, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating. But in Sigma, this is replaced with just a more complex worm battle, and mm. there's no puzzle elements there. It's just you fought a guy, you get the key, and reducing the game to that base elements, I, I feel it, it becomes lesser. Even though the quality of its platforming is, it's it's not good. It's not. No, so the the platforming would be okay, like. I think Ryu is a little squirrely in that he wants to cling to a wall if you're anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're trying to make a jump and there's a wall close to you, you'll just do the wall run instead, and that's always a disaster. Yes. Um, but the problem is there's no, like, I can't pitch the camera down to see what's in front of me. Like, if I'm standing on a ledge, I can't see that there's a platform below and right in front there's, of me. There's one moment in the game that is crucial, and it is in the very final level... <laughs> Yeah, and, and everyone. Every time I've played it, I jump into the lava first. But that's also how I landed in the middle of the lava lake because I didn't realize that the bridge ended. Yep. No, you didn't know that. Uh, yeah, because it goes over a hump and then it just cuts off, and you can't camera. The camera does not show you that you're about to walk off a ledge. Well, it it does if you're running. But if you're just doing the roll jump and you don't know what's ahead of you, because I assume yeah. by that point you were doing the roll jump because it's yes. so much faster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that's that, that's why that happens. But yeah, so there, like yeah. I, I want the patterns of the puzzle stuff is fine. I think often it, like the stuff that I found really annoying is like when you're trying to maneuver the platforms and the train station or whatever, yep. and you're like that was removed, or right at the very end before the final boss, you're like that was removed, uh, and that stuff is like whatever. Um, the problem is for me. That thematically, and we haven't really talked about it yet, yeah. there's nothing story-wise in this game to make doing any of that stuff feel like interesting and evocative until like the very end. It's there throughout, but there's like I feel like this is actually kind of an evocative game sometimes. Like it's great. I really, I really don't think so. Sometimes, not to the point, not in like the inherent way that something like Devil May Cry is when you're just going through these massive gothic uh, rooms and it's just this is a very imposing situation uh but ninja gaiden 
especially this this first game works on a level where it feels about 10 years older than it should do and that there's areas which are kind of okay and it goes through just oh now we're in uh, japanese europe but uh, now we're in japanese e- e- egypt underneath japanese europe yeah like that's <laughs> the, the problem for me is like some of the levels feel like here's your fire level here's your water level here's the egypt level mm-hmm. like it feels like the original ninja gaiden for nes has stuff like that but it's a side scroller for the nes like that makes sense that you have all these themed levels like this game doesn't do enough to set those up as spaces that you care about Mm -hmm. well the the, like the evocative thing that the game is is it's this strange story about that's weirdly deliberately situated in this uh cultural context that i don't think it earns but like the whole story of the game is uh ryu is murdered and then uh like revised by this sp- bird spirit which he then channels at the end in a way where you're like wait what this the game was about this what excuse me what's happening um and it never actually leans into it but i think it's there uh but i don't i don't think it's prominent enough to hook anyone <laughs> Well, like compared to Ninja Gun 2, which is just cool things happening when he slashes dudes at like and goes from uh, the village to the Empire State Building to Venice fighting werewolves, there's like Ninja Gun 2 is a game without any kind of evocative intentionality, and it's all just what do we want to have look cool. But the, like, I guess to me the problem is I don't think Ninja Gaiden's settings look cool very often. No, I, I didn't say this one did. I said that. I know, but like it's fun. Like I think I'm actually okay with a game that just wants to look cool, like contextless. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. Like I don't think this game actually provides good context. And even when it does, I like and it doesn't have the like design chops to back it up being that contextless thing. Uh, I hmm. there are moments. I think the the city is really good. I really like the city of the girl. The city's um, okay, but in a world where like Devil May Cry did a like did Japanese Europe better Yeah, as like a, as like an architectural style. And then I've already played Bayonetta, which is like the most, ver- like it's the perfect version of this. Yes. Uh, it's hard to go back and like, see it as anything, but like lesser than versions of things I already like. That's, that's fair. But, um, yeah, I like, I like, I like some environments. I like the train cutscene a lot. I think a lot of the bits that are evocative and cool come in these weird silent CG cutscenes for the most part. Yeah, those are great, but, like, they don't really have much broader context in... Because, like, you have a cool silent cutscene, you know, you get Ryu standing on a power line and then, like, zip lining down it, but then you get these interminable scenes where it's him talking to What's-Her-Face. Yeah, and yes. they're awful. They're some of the worst things you've ever seen. Ever. They're so bad. Because Rachel is, like, a Soul Calibur 5-level booby lady just, like, shoved into every scene to be captured, like, four times in this game that has barely any plot to begin they, with. After the second time, they stop explaining why she's been captured. No, she's just a captured again. Like, you... So she falls into the, the big slime monster and gets ejected out because gross. Uh, yeah. Then she is captured by Doku... Yep. And then you save her, and then she, then the the she just disappears off, and the next time you see her, she is captured. Yep. In the worst way she has been captured yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's bad. But then you have cutscenes like the first cutscene where uh, Alma bursts through the stained glass window, and the cutscene in the bed of flowers at the end. Like these are genuine moments of we like this was a PlayStation game had 
this just silent CGI cutscene to permanent uh, to like punctuate these uh, otherwise uh, less inspired moments of, of visual design. And if the really game cool. had just if the game had stripped out all of its story, like all of the scenes where people are talking to each other, I think I would enjoy it more. Yes, that that's that's what I'm basically saying, and I think mm-hmm. it works as this silent progression through spaces. Um, yeah, because you go like, what makes Ninja Gaiden Black work over Sigma uh, more than any of the changes to the environments or levels is the fact that it is a cohesive world that you uh, just go through and just you know, uncovering it is kind of the point. Um, mm-hmm. the, not to the, it's like way more directed than something like a Metroidvania type thing, but it has yeah, a similar I, like, appeal. I think the environment, like personally, I don't find the environments interesting enough to like support that stuff, mm-hmm. but I get it. Yeah. I don't disagree with this on principle. Like it's clear that's what they were going yeah. for. Because you have the moments where you go up to the safe and you unlock the safe three times in a row and you find the guys writing like why is my safe keeps being broken into this time is the final time ha 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 yeah that stuff's good that stuff's really good mm-hmm. and seeing how all the city connects together is really cool like you go under and go oh what's there's a fucking bone dragon underneath the monastery which is connected to Europe, to to Egypt what hang on the only thing i really like the one time that actually got me is where like after you kill the bone dragon, there's a bit once it's flooded that you swim back through the yes. bone dragon that, chamber. That, yep, yeah. And that one's really cool because I didn't realize that I was in the same area. Yeah, because the moat is actually next to like there's an intricate system of which dungeons are next to the other dungeons, which you don't mm. realize you because it's basically a straight line through the game, and you don't realize you've been crossing yourself the whole time. Yeah, until the end. And like that's cool. I actually like that stuff again a problem of context is that i live in a world where souls games exist and they're all about that well here's the thing is uh so i played some bloodborne yes uh recently i played about 10 11 hours at this point Mm -hmm. and uh i have the reaction to bloodborne that you have to ninja gaiden in a weird way in that uh i feel like the things that i enjoy about bloodborne i can get from other places and i would rather get them from other places I don't. I don't think any game does Bloodborne in the way, or like outside of. I don't think this, nothing does Souls games the way Souls. I would games. agree that, that Bloodborne and Souls games are a way more singular thing than Ninja Gaiden is. Yes, but for example, uh, like I, I don't like this like the stamina mechanic. I really like the fact that Ninja Gaiden you can just. It's I mean, all about like you yeah. saying if you if you don't like the stamina mechanic, you don't like this type of game because it's not a character action game yeah. like the games we've been talking about it's a game like monster hunter which is all about stamina well that's the thing that you said to me in the you said oh sorry you said uh the ninja gun feels like it's trying to be this souls type thing that would go on to actually be done properly later but it's not uh flashy enough to be i, I can't remember the exact adjective but it's like not in this direction and not in the direction of other character action games so it's this middle ground that is at this point in time uh without much merit other than historical curiosity yeah um whereas when i play bloodborne i think i could be playing an actual character action game and getting that part out of it or i could be going and playing final fantasy 13 2 or something and enjoying the breeze of leveling up an rpg uh i mean souls games aren't about the breeze of leveling up it's about leveling up it's like it's meant for people who played all those rpgs and want a game that's harder and demands more right (laughs) you know i I get it but i'm saying that i think it's weird that the con like the context we came to both of these games led up to a similar reaction to each of them from the opposite ends Hmm. Uh, i think i like bloodborne more than you like ninja gaiden I wish I, like, 
if I had played Ninja Gaiden and it was new, I would like it. Mm-hmm. I'm gear. I like assuming I didn't burn out if I spent the time because even when this game came out, I was already at the point where like. If a game was not something I was already invested in, I probably didn't spend much time with it because I had a lot of games. I think a big reason why you are so frustrated with Ninja Gaiden is that you still don't or didn't understand the combat system by the end. Because what the game gives you, uh, by the time you level your sword up, is attacks that you can basically use on everything to kind of get by. Yeah. So, like, once you have the Flying Swallow and, like, the Inazuna drop, you can just do those and you'll be fine but you'll never hmm. understand why the combat is fun. But to understand that, you'll have to submit yourself to losing a lot in a way that is not enjoyable. The game does not teach its combat to you. You have to force yourself to go through a bunch of bullshit to come yeah. out on top. Like, that game would be well served by the, uh, like, the Devil May Cry, blood or Bayonetta, like, do your combos in a loading screen mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Where I could just... Like, the game gives me the space to, hey, try this out. Yep. The game needs a space f- where failure is not built into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can just... Like, even just a, here is a no health bar, learn how to fight this guy mode. Yeah. Because, like, my Let's Play of Bayonetta 2, like, the first time I played through it, is up on the YouTube channel. And I regularly spent the loading screen, like, learning a new combo. Then I'm like, let's incorporate this into the next segment. And then I'd use that combo to get through the next couple fights, see how useful it was. Mm-hmm. And Like, that stuff is super key to learning a battle system. And there are similar things in Ninja Gaiden that you can get weapons along the way. But the times you get weapons doesn't actually correspond to the usefulness of the weapon most of the time. Like no, when you get the because vi- I I tried to do the thing where like I do in Bayonetta where I get a new weapon and then I use it for the rest of the level. Ninja Gaiden does not support that. But sometimes it does because like when you get the Vigorian Flail, that is the time you are meant to be using yeah, but the Vigorian Flail. The first weapon you get is the pole, and the game never gives you a description of when the pole is useful, and it's rarely useful. Uh, like you get well, the pole is meant to be got at that time because it's useful against the horses. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, uh, like you'll get big weapons at the point when you actually want to be using faster weapons and it doesn't actually communicate what weapons are useful against other enemies. You just have to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, it'd be a better served by a good tutorial. Like that is something that Bayonetta learned. The minute you get a weapon, you are going to fight the enemy that that weapon's great against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, maybe that's telegraphing a little, but a game needs to telegraph a little, like asking someone to just figure it out is not a way to spend time even in 2003 or four or whatever i feel like that's like not good yeah if, use of anybody's it's weird time. in that it feels like a game kind of ahead of its time in the it is really streamlining a lot of elements that were core to this kind of genre out but also yeah. 10 years behind its time in the it's just hey here's a combat you figure it out go nuts because like the the reviews and the reaction at the time was it's an, an act, a true action game again you gotta be tough to beat this one yep uh, i'm not like i don't care if your game is tough but fair i don't want that anymore uh-huh. yeah and that was the entire like i love response. i love bloodborne i think the tough but fair thing is like inappropriately applied in that instance why but because like i don't think like sometimes blood like souls games are out to screw you 100 percent like, I don't think they're very fair. I don't, but I also think that if you're really patient and paying attention, they're not actually that tough. I think that, I, I think you're just really good at them. That's, that's, Bloodborne's a hard game. Like, it's, it's a tough game, but I don't think it's like the impossible, like, 
they're like remember in that game out people were writing like this game is actually too abusive of the player it's too hard and too punishing no it's not uh, it's not i think bloodborne is okay so i've been thinking about that like why that is um and in the context of playing bloodborne and also playing uh zelda 2 and mm-hmm. i entirely think the reason because both of those games are really hard games that are unreasonable in many respects unless you like put a lot of time into learning their intricacies yeah. um but i felt worse about being bad at bloodborne than i did about zelda 2 and i'm entirely convinced that the reason people think that is because of souls games as an idea and like cultural construct within video games at the moment like mm. there is a pressure to be good at bloodborne and a that is what triggers the uh feeling bad when and the need to get through whereas zelda 2 i'm playing that in a complete vacuum and i can just go oh this is too hard i'm walking away uh, I mean, Zelda 2 is a game that has, like, a combat ambition that clearly the hardware was not able to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I, but I just meant, like, uh, I feel I have walked away from Bloodborne for a while, and I felt bad about that. And I, that didn't actually come from the game, because the game presents itself really honestly about how hard it is. It's like, no, we are going to put traps yeah. in. We are going to, like, th- it, it doesn't hide what it is in the same way that something like Destiny, which I think is a game that you could define as abusive would be mm. which is in a very no. different way so for me like i like i've seen people play dark souls so i kind of know what the soul structure is but i kind of went into bloodborne blind and when i when i find something that's too hard and i don't want to do i just walk away and then i come back a couple weeks later and i pick it right back up and play again and to me like it's fine like i don't actually think that game's particularly hard like bosses can be challenging but the kind of punishment that people are talking about, like, I'm playing FTL on normal difficulty, like, hard. I don't see. I don't think the game supports that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I, th- I just I just don't think that that game overwhelms you in the way that people, like, t- t- say it like it does. I feel overwhelmed playing it. I feel like that game is intense in a way that few other games I've played are. I, I guess I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I mean, it's similar to, like, Ninja Gaiden, I have learned that, and I'm good at that type of game now, so I, I don't mm-hmm. find it overwhelming. But, like, I don't have I don't have the excuse of, I played a thousand hours of Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. No, but you are aligned to that type of game. Like, I, I am the personality type that will be fucked over by Bloodborne, because my instinct is to just go. I just want to go as fast as possible. And Bloodborne is no, it's like, about let's see what's here, and let's stop and pay attention. Okay, there's exits left and right. Are there enemies behind those doors? Let's check them. No, I just want to go. I don't want to be held back by anything. I just want to go fast. And if you want to do that in Bloodborne, you will get dead every single time. No, it's it's a game about patience. So it is very 100%. frustrating to me, because that game does not align with my personality. Whereas Ninja Gaiden mm. is a game where you are moving all the time. You're either yep. moving or you're slashing. Yeah, uh, and I find that infuriating. Uh, and like, I don't think I don't think it takes enough time. But then, when it like the moments it does, I realize, oh, the reason they didn't do that because there's nothing here to sp- spend time on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's. Do we have anything else to say? This has been an interesting talk. Why does Ayane suck so much? <laughs> why does she? Why is she clearly a thousand times more competent than you, but makes you do so everything? The best cutscene in the game is the unintentionally awesome cutscene that plays when you switch to the easy mode Mm -hmm. in which you lie there dead on the floor and ayane comes up and she's like man you're useless and the intent of the cutscene is what a girl choosing easy mode near where there's pink ribbon but what it comes off as is the Ayane is a being who has this destiny of shepherding this incompetent ninja to save the day 
when she is clearly better than them in every single respect. Yeah, and throughout the game, she will always be watching you do the things that you were super challenged by, but clearly she has no problem getting through the magma lake. No. Like, clearly she could just take the portal to the land of the dead and doesn't care. Why isn't she doing all of these fights instead of me? She's clearly a better ninja. She is a lot better ninja. She's giving you hints. She has done all these things before and is explicitly clearing the way for you in some respects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, that never, never mentioned, never touched on again. Never, never talk about that, surprisingly. Yeah, Ayane is from Dead or Alive, right? Yes. Okay. I don't, I never went through a Dead or Alive phase. I don't actually know much about the series. Uh, me so. neither. I, I saw the movie. I thought the movie was pretty good. <laughs> I've never seen the movie, but I've, I've seen things about the movie. It, it's not as good as Mortal Kombat. Uh, not it's way better than like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> That's the level we're operating on. Yeah, I mean, what, like I haven't I haven't seen Street Fighter in a long time, so it might not be as good as Street Fighter, but it's probably of the uh, level. Street Fighter has some. It, it's pretty. There's good. some really the villain in Dead or Alive has sunglasses that have memorized the moves of all the fighters. Is it just Tomonobu Itagaki sunglasses? No. Damn it. <laughs> No. Close. I wish. Close. But yeah. Do we have any final thoughts? Oh, yeah, this went in a good this was a good talk. I mean, like I get why you like this game or why you grew up loving this game. I feel like it's so antithetical to you other than you can do it in your sleep now. Um I, d- I wouldn't disagree with that. Like on some level, this game is your MMO. Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like this is the game in which when we talk about why something like the Morning Marys and everything is valuable, that this was valuable in the same way. It was this thing that I beat, the the seemed insurmountable, but through just trying it, I learned to understand it and its rhythms. You would you would think after you would think that it wouldn't be going Mario the same games, you'd be better at Morning Mario than you are as good at Morning Mario as you are at Ninja Gaiden. How about that? <laughs> That's not true. The part where you still freak out every time something new happens in Mario is baffling. I still to me. freak out every time something new happens in life. <laughs> that is built into my brain. I have Asperger's syndrome, so it's even worse. Yeah. So the actual final question is, who is more ridiculous, Itagaki or Kamiya? Oh, okay. Kamiya. Yeah, I think Kamiya's the right answer. Because Itagaki... Well, hmm. It is very clear that Kamiya knows who Kamiya is. Yeah, also Kamiya makes good games, so that gives him some leeway. I it had never been clear whether Itagaki knew who Itagaki was, but now that Itagaki is making Devil's Third... It is even less clear. <laughs> and um, we can only hope in the, the in the Tomono Itagaki Wikipedia, there are segments called work ethics, frank personality, opinions on hardware. <laughs> it's, it just sounds like a uh, gun nut. Those are the things you would describe a gun nut with. Yeah. Pet projects. That's it. Is there anything... Jackson, do you have any final thoughts? It's your game. This is, like, the last of the big games you wanted me to play. I guess it is. It's, like, Ace Combat and this, and Tony Hawk. And Tony Hawk, yeah. There must be this, other ones. There must this, be other ones. This falls in the middle of my enjoyment spectrum of those three games, though I probably respect this one the least. <laughs> Ooh. 
like I don't like Tony Hawk, but Tony Hawk is cool in a way that I wish I understood. This game, even if I was good at it, I feel like I'd still have problems with it. Well, yeah, yeah. It is. I feel like this game is the most understandable uh, compared to the other ones by frame of reference. I mean, no, 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 Ace Combat's great. Like, Ace Combat's a good game. I don't mean, like, understandable. I meant, like, you play this game and go, I have played games very similar to this. I know the context of why I would place it in and why I, like, would prefer other things. Whereas Tony Hawk Mm -hmm. is, I guess, Skate's the other thing, but it's a very singular thing. And Ace Combat is also I think me having played Skate made me, like, guaranteed I would not like Tony Hawk, and that's a bummer. We were talking a bit about because the fact that I love Ninja Gaiden and yet it seems so antithetical to my personality these days mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about like what g- hard games do I have the time for these days and we were I don't know like I love Skate a lot and that's a game that requires patience so, yeah but you played it when you were younger too no I played that in 2012 for the first time how old were you in 2012 Jackson? I, I mean I was a bit younger I was turning from <laughs> 18 to 19 shit that okay. was four years ago <laughs> that was four years ago <laughs> You were still writing about movies. Mm. <laughs> that was a long time 2012, ago. we met on screen. <laughs> it wasn't 2012, was it? It was 2012. I'm pretty sure screened was 2013. No, it was 2012, because we were on the uh, Skyfall podcast together at that point. We... I would check my screened information, but that's <laughs> not possible anymore. So No, no, it was 2012, because 2012 was the year I started university. It was, 20, it was definitely 2012. Okay. Because that was the summer you were running for screen. You reviewed The Avengers. Notable 2012 movie. Mm. Beyond the Black Rainbow. You're right. Oh, that's, yeah, accurate. Yeah. Beyond the Black Rainbow is a terrible... <laughs> it is maybe the worst movie with the best trailer I've ever seen. It is the Metal Gear Solid 5 of movies. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> uh, well, please enjoy segment four. That has already been recorded. That's short, yes. Yeah. Bye. Phew. Bye. Bye. Now that that Ninja Gaiden talks out of the way, <laughs> uh, we don't have questions because of how we're recording this, unless Jackson has something I don't know about. Uh, no. no. Okay, good. Um, but if you want to send us questions, you can send them to podcast at normalmapping.com, or you know, you can send them to us on Twitter. Um, next time, our next game club is going to be the classic... Final Fantasy IV. If you're, o- if you're an old and the worst, you'll call it Final Fantasy II, and that's wrong. Don't do that. But Dr. It was released, Robotnik. It was released in America as Final Fantasy II for the NES, or Super Nintendo because of the dumb uh, numbering thing. I don't know. We'll get into it then. But uh, it's been since been re-released on basically everything. Uh, there's a PS1 version that you can get off of PSN. Don't play that. There's a GBA version you can get if you have the cart. That one's all right. 
There's a DS version. Don't play that. It's so goddamn hard. Oh my God. Don't play that version. That's also the version that I think is on phones and on Steam, right? Uh, yes, it is based yeah. on the DS version. Don't play that version. Um, it's also really slow because it's a 3D game. Uh, and it was never meant to be. We are playing the PSP version that you can get on PSN for your Vita. Um, Final Fantasy The Complete Collection, I think it's called. Final Fantasy IV The Complete, Complete Collection. Uh, that has the After Years and Interlude, which we won't talk about really probably much at all. Don't worry about those. Just play Final Fantasy IV. Um, if you are playing, skip the opening CG video because it's for the after years and will spoil the hell out of Final Fantasy IV. Uh, please skip that. But yes, we will be talking about Final Fantasy IV, uh, a game that I've never beaten, even though I get to the, I've gotten to the final dungeon like three times. Uh, and, uh, looking forward to that. This will be Destiny and Jackson's first time playing it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Please look forward to our Final Fantasy thoughts. No, 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 no. <laughs> wow. no. You're yeah. the worst. Stop <laughs> that. Thank you. Thank you. So that'll be in uh, March. You. Yes, the end of March. Um, and uh, in between this and that, uh, look forward to the Metal Gear Solid 3 podcast. Jackson, who's that with? Cameron Kunzelman. I'm sure that'll be great. Cameron's a great person. I'm looking forward to that. Me and Destiny, as of this recording, are about t- uh, halfway into... Metal Gear Solid 3, two-thirds in. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. The ladder thing just happened, everybody. Oh, hey! It was... I was moved. And, uh, yeah. Look forward to those. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to them, because I haven't heard them. Uh, and, uh, I have between that... Bleh, can't talk. Um, until then, you can find us at our various places. Destiny, where can people find you? At FridgeBuzzNow on Twitter and BattlingGirls.com. Jackson? At Headfalls Off on Twitter and headfallsoff.com. And you can also find me at Trash Patricio and Keep Sane. Okay. Uh, you can find me at mbeing, uh, E-M underscore being. Uh, check out the YouTube channel. Rate and review the podcast. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, actually. Uh, I will probably be playing Castlevania 4 by the time this goes up. Uh, Fallout will still be happening. Freedom Planet will probably be going. Uh, uh, maybe. No, that'll be done. Freedom Planet? No, no, wait, no, sorry. This is yes. this is February, and then yes. March is the next. All right, yes. I'm going to sleep. I'm, I can't. I can't handle this anymore. The YouTube channel will be all me all the time for the, the while this goes up. So look forward to that. I guess I have sitting here next to me the Power Director DVDs. <gasps> so I'm very excited, Jackson. We shall see. We shall oh, see. Oh man, I didn't realize you were just going to pull the trigger on that. I did know because we had that talk, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. So look forward to future content from Jackson, maybe. Maybe uh, go check out his Patreon. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> Never. Most likely. That's not... Hopefully. Hopefully. All rejected Nintendo science. So vote. <laughs> vote now who doesn't know the reference that we're making. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's Destiny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I just rejected NintendoScience.tumblr.com. <laughs> say that one Hopefully. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> kind Once of. The blue moon. <laughs> if only. You're both ridiculous. All right. Oh, let's shut done. this podcast down. <laughs> goodbye. Me and Jackson still have a segment three to record. So goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 goodbye.